everybody, and welcome to Toronto Raptors Basketball Today. I'm here with Kieran Smythe. What's up, everybody? And Ben Harrison. Good evening, everyone. And I am Brendan Hodgins. You can follow Ben at Benny and the Raps. You can follow Kieran at K underscore Dilla. And myself at Brendan Hodgins. I had to be the hard one here. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-H-O-D-G-I-N-S. That's all on Twitter. And then you can follow the program at Hoopball Raptors on Instagram and Twitter for all of your Raptor needs. Also, please head over to hoop-ball.com. That's hoop-ball.com for fantasy, DFS, and betting. All of your basketball needs, anything that you need to know about the NBA these days, that's where you want to go. We'll make sure that everything works out well. Well, guys, as far as the Raptors, it did not work out well today. Uh, 116 Cleveland, 105 Toronto. Mm-hmm. Kieran, what are your you know top-of-the-head thoughts on this game? Uh, it's This is the one of the most depressing times to be a Raptors <laughs> fan that I can recall. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's Cleveland 16 and 26, you know, um, this was the game to bounce back. This was supposed to be the one, you know, where everyone's back, everyone's in the lineup, um, we're playing, you know, this is a gimme kind of thing. Luckily we got, uh, Houston next. So, I mean, we got a chance to get a, finally a win, but uh, yeah, no, there's not a whole lot of positives from this game. Um, yeah, this was just like the last this whole like losing streak has just been very tough to watch and not exciting basketball really except the Ben do you have uh, anything maybe slightly more uplifting than that well I mean I wish I did I know I'm supposed to be the optimist around here but uh (laughs) You know, I did kind of take some positives from some of the the last few games. I know it's been a long losing streak here. Um, I think we have to go back about 10 years to the Rudy Gay days, uh, the last time we lost eight in a row. So that's not a good sign. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just really ugly ball tonight. I really wasn't happy tonight. Uh, like, I think there were over 20 turnovers combined in the first half. You know, we're playing a team of young kids that are – uh, you know, playing for jobs and, uh, yeah, just didn't look very good. Um, I did, I called this one bobblehead night tonight in Cleveland, uh, cause five of the 10 players that started the game were six, three or under thought that was funny, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that that often. Uh, yeah, as far as ugly game goes, you're exactly right with that Toronto shooting under 40% and allowing Cleveland to shoot over 50% means not a lot of great defense was being played and guys did not have their legs that is something that we've kind of been noticing a little bit here is that when people come back from uh, from covid especially like not the guys that were just a you know that didn't have it but the guys that it were whatever uh, were official that they did they don't seem to quite get their breath back for oh you know at least the first few weeks uh, it was Jason Tatum came out and said, well, you know, yeah, maybe I'm back, but I still haven't been able quite to get my lungs underneath me. This uh, That COVID thing really affected my uh, conditioning. So um, guys like Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, was there anything, Ben, that you noticed that seemed to look like they were maybe a little slow, maybe a little tired? Well, like, I thought it was strange um, when they brought them back kind of right away. Like, as soon as they were cleared from the protocol, they put them right in the game that night, uh, whatever it was, Wednesday last week. 
um, I had read that, you know, they were going to put him through three, you know, two, three, four practices to, like you said, get the lungs going, you know, get the legs under them. Uh, but they put him right in and you could certainly tell, um, like, I think only Fred Van Fleet kind of looked somewhat like himself. Um, OG and Siakam certainly, uh, uh, haven't been having a very good time here. Who Siakam especially, that? um, he looks really rusty with the ball. Like he's got no handles right now. It's just, uh. It's not good for him right now. Who actually Sorry, had what COVID. was that there, Kieran? Which one? Like, I know Fred Van Vliet right. had it and came out and talked about it. It seems like all three did. Uh, did the okay. only thing is, is that they don't uh, they don't tell necessarily. It's only if the player you know wants to discuss it will okay. it come out like that. But generally, they don't hold you out for as long as they held these guys mm-hmm. out unless it's yeah. a positive result. Yeah. Now, uh, that's that's obviously not confirmed, but sure. you did see OG looked a little bit better tonight. He had a bit of a better game, um, but you know Siakam you know, played a lot less than the other guys, uh, if I remember correctly, and he only had nine points. Fred Van Fleet was five for fifteen from three. Like those are not the numbers that you normally see yeah. uh, from these guys. On that note, um, now you guys saw at the end of the half there. What do you think that was all about, Ben? <laughs> Um, I think that was uh, Colin Sexton talking some smack. I don't know. I mean, he had a great game. Um, I was kind of excited. I kind of liked the Cleveland team, to be honest. Like Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, uh, now that they got Jared Allen in there. Um, I think they got a pretty exciting young core. Um, if they don't mess up this trade deadline, I kind of like uh, what they got going going forward. But Colin Sexton, yeah, he had, I don't know, 20, 25 points in the first half. He tried to get kind of cute with it on that final play, um, you know, going up for the shot, trying to get the foul, then dishing off, and I don't know what happened. But Norm and Freddie certainly weren't too happy with it, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I think there's a bit of team frustration kind of setting in. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know, crazy. Uh, yeah, on the note of like uh, what we're talking about there with guys not, uh, you know, not having their legs, you could really kind of tell with the shooting percentage there from both two and three. But you're shooting 38.9% from the field, 32.6 from three. And this is one of the few games where Toronto actually wasn't out-rebounded on the offensive end, but that's because they were missing all their shots. So there's just going to be more rebounds <laughs> available, right? Uh <laughs> They got out rebounded 37 to 54. So obviously, it's not like something that was a strong suit out there. And this is a game where you saw it, the limitations of Chris Boucher. Cleveland can be a pretty big team. He was getting pushed around down low. He only played 13 minutes, which mm-hmm. is, you know, barely anything from what he before. Uh, Kieran, did you see anything out of Chris Boucher that you thought, you know, maybe maybe the coach saw something there and had to get him out? Um, it's kind of always been, and I mean, just looking at Chris Boucher, you can kind of, if you're able to pick his weakness, it's, you know, anyone with, you know, a bit of meat on their bones is going to be able to have their way with him. So, um, yeah, I don't know about any sort of specific moments, but, uh, yeah, he had to, it's not the first time, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, Philly, he just becomes, you know, he's got to go ride the bench for those kinds of games. So unfortunately, I don't know if there's anything he can do about that. But, um, yeah, we need him to be more than just on the perimeter, and he's, that's why we get out-rebounded. It's sort of the story of our lives. Throw a big center in there or something, and then, you know, he could still probably find a bigger role, but without that, uh, he can't be our big guy for sure. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the third quarter, the third quarter, 
What is it with the Raptors and the third quarter? You know, you don't have to have an epic comeback in the fourth if you at least just don't get crushed in the third. Yeah. Um, ben, coming out of the half, uh, it looked like they were slow. Um, is there anything particular that you want to discuss about that? Well, yeah, it's uh, it's like you said, it's third quarter's been the uh, the demon all year. Um, they looked really good in the first, second quarter was so-so, and then they just got trounced in the third, right? I think uh, Cleveland opened it up to about a 17-point lead at one point. Uh, 22. Um, 22 even, oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I was getting pretty frustrated in the third. Like, they couldn't hit anything uh, from deep. I think they went 0 for 9 in the quarter. But they just kept going for it. Like, um, outside of OG, nobody was going at the rim, you know? And uh, they just kept settling for those perimeter looks. That is so um, I kind of liked what Nick Nurse did, to be honest, um, towards the end of the third, where he said, you know, he sat a couple guys that just weren't working out, and he put in uh, Malachi Flynn came in, and uh, my my all-time favorite, Pat McCaw, came out. Um, and I think when McCaw goes out, it's kind of sending a message to the rest of the guys. But... Was he a five-time champion, Pat McCaw? Right. He's got a fistful of rings, but uh, he's got more <laughs> rings than than points, mo- I think. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Lowry apparently called a timeout on his own and like asked Nick Nurse to step aside and talk to the guys, and still. I saw get, that actually. Yeah, it didn't get the production. Yeah, that, yeah, they uh, showed that on TV. Before, but you know, good try. No, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to see, you know, they obviously still care, but, uh, you know, like they did get, uh, I don't know, probably within, I think, seven in the fourth quarter, but they still, got within six, it was never really five close. at one point, they got within five. So they got within six and then Cleveland brought it back and then they got it back down to five. But at that point it was like, you know, a minute 50 left and, you know, they were in the bonus. So it, uh, it never really got close after that kind of got to treat this as rock bottom you know you do not want to lose to houston i know it's on a you know back to back and all that so that's going against us but um yeah you gotta you gotta figure out what it is what you guys need to do you know who needs to say what who needs to do this and just you know now's the time because it's uh it's not getting any brighter well, we've yeah, talked a real about this uh, clash of the titans tomorrow it's yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> houston's lost 20 in a row we've lost eight in a row it's mm-hmm. gonna be you know Someone's somebody has to win end. right yeah who's streaking yeah. it <laughs> yeah this is the uh the immovable object hitting the uh unstoppable force yeah. but in bad ways uh yeah. w- again this is a conversation we've had though like ben you were saying missing all those open looks but still trying to go for three when the three isn't hitting what's the offense um they led in points in the paint but it was just by two it was 42 to 40 um they didn't really start doing that till later, and it doesn't like if you're not hitting your threes, people will just slide the defense back anyways. Mm-hmm. So, well, Kieran, do you do you have uh, anything in your in your that's, selection there that's, of that's plays? That's Powell needs to, to 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 shine and do what he does. You know, he can be very aggressive. I'd say Powell and OG, but OG tends to just to be a little more meek and timid with his play. So. Um, but he can do it. You know, we've seen him do it. Strong takes to the net. You know, draw the fouls, go to the line. Um, I know I forget what the number was, but in Utah it was ridiculous spread for um, free throws. You know, like get in the paint, go to the line. This does not have to become a three-point shooting contest where we just gotta you know shoot till we break our streak, right? Like, oh, finally we're hitting shots again. Like, no, you gotta make plays. You gotta be aggressive, and you gotta 
you know, Norm Powell's the guy to do that. And if, you know, it lights a spark in the rest of the team and opens you up for, you know, cleaner looks and hopefully the threes will start to fall and not forcing them. Well, that's the thing, though. You, you're talking about Powell, right? He's 6'3", and he's a wing, and we're trying to get him to go in and do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. That's where we were talking about before, uh, needing that big center in the middle, because you got to have guys that they're anticipating going up for the jam, so they can't just force him to the outside and throw up a block. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think if, that, if uh, we don't have Siakam being aggressive and going to the rim, like, consistently, like, seems like we don't have much of a shot, you know, like... Um, and really, that should be the guy, too. I didn't put him in the list because, you know, of my reasons, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true. Like, Siakam's supposed to be that guy yeah. for us. Yeah, like, uh, Javali McGee was out there uh, quite a bit, and, like, I think we only drew one foul on him, you know, and um, yeah. only a handful against the other calling. center, uh, Jared Allen. So, you know, it's tough to win when you're not drawing any fouls like that. But. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of that, you know, because we were talking earlier, uh, like, you know, uh, all together here about should Toronto be trading for a big man, right? But after losing eight straight, is it time just to talk about it, to talk about trading Powell and to talk about trading Lowry? Well, there's not really any better time since the deadline's coming up. So like, if you're not going to talk about it now, then just stop talking entirely. But uh, I definitely... <laughs> You have to be entertaining that idea now. Like, you know, rumors aside and everything, like it only makes sense. Um, you know, either that or we get nothing for them. And why keep them around here all season to then just say, okay, part ways and get nothing in return? Um, this season, obviously, more and more is just looking like a complete write off. Um, even if we get into the play in tournament or the playoffs, like, I, you know, we're not going deep. It's just out of the question. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think the smart move is to, you know, see what we can do to, you know, build the lineup and, you know, Lowry's already, you know, said he's going to come back as a Raptor. So whether it's to play another season or just to retire, um, at least this way, you know, it can be another thing he's done for the team is go play somewhere else, maybe get, you know, and you know, we'd all be rooting for Lowry, no matter where he went, he went to the team we hate the most. You're still going to root for Lowry. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's. Well, it's a smart move in the grand Speaking scheme Speaking about things. that, uh, team we hate the most, uh, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer reports that the Heat are pushing hard for Kyle Lowry trade. I was just reading that, yeah. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're being honest, though, like anytime there's a star player available, you hear Miami is attached to it, right? <laughs> yeah, or the Lakers. Yeah, fair. Well, enough. yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, so uh, what, uh, what would you want back there, Ben? If he was going to Miami, what is your dream package coming back? From those guys, I mean, uh, I'd say you got to get at least one of, you know, Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson and uh, whatever draft picks they have left. I don't think they have much after uh, trading for Jimmy Butler and everybody. But, uh, yeah, at least Hero or Robinson. That said, though, um, I'm not as high on trading Kyle Lowry. Like, I have it. Uh, I know he's a free agent and all that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back. It's hard to believe he's going to go out, you know, playing his last game in Tampa Bay. Um, but uh, trading Norm, though, I do. I kind of love that idea, um, especially the way he's playing lately. Like, his value is never going to be higher, right, league-wide. You know, he dropped whatever it was, 43 the other night. And um, he's a free agent to be, right? And um, someone's going to pay him 
I don't know what, 15, 20 million a year. And uh, you can only go so far, like you said, with a 6'3 guy at small forward, you know? So I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, seeing him on the block for sure this week. Yeah, there's been a whole lot of different teams that have been attached to him, but it, that's one of those things where figuring out exactly how to make the money work, et cetera, would be an interesting thing. Uh, what teams really need a, a player like Norm. Uh, you know, everybody wants a guy that can shoot the lights out like he can sometimes, but uh, it's always going to be the names like Lowry that get a little bit more of the media attention. Um, yeah, no, it's a tough one. I mean, and there's a lot of like, you know, emotions that come into play when dealing with Lowry, right? Like, you, no one wants to see Lowry leave, but uh, yeah, again, if you think he's going to re sign with us, then even more just lend him out to somebody for half a season we like you know as much as we need him we don't need him this year so like but what are like what are you even really going to bring in though right like all the top contenders have already shipped out all their draft picks you know like but you know is it worth losing lowry for tyrese maxi from philly and like a first in 2025 or i don't know but But anything you get in return especially if lowry does come back would then be a bonus because otherwise it's play here for the rest of the season we get nothing and then we still get you or go somewhere else we get something that you know some of it might last more than the season and then you still come back so if he is coming back trading him would then just still help us in the long run i think so it's a tough one again i mean and you're right what would you get so it's it all comes down to like what's available out there which i don't know all the details on but um it accelerates he's got that 30 million dollar price tag you know yeah right well that's sorry go ahead brennan yeah he he it accelerates your ability to rebuild right if you do trade him so Mm -hmm. say you know, Toronto was finished pretty high in the league the last bunch of years, so it hasn't exactly had the uh, you know the high draft picks. So a lot of the guys that are coming through the system aren't the guys for today. They're the guys for tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not really a bunch of up and comers coming after the Fred Van Fleet kind of era. You get a couple of guys like a Tyler Hero or something like that, like a guy who's ready to play in the NBA today, and a couple of draft picks on top of it, and then you get Lowry back next year. You just put yourself a little bit farther ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got a bit more depth um, at that position. So, um, yeah, Powell, though, you're the same thing. You can, exact same scenario, right? Like, might just walk anyways. We might not be able to afford him. Um, so, yeah, get something. His stock's high. We can get a lot in return for that and, uh, yeah, move on. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of Norm Powell since, you know, he came to the Raptors and... Uh, so it'll be sad to see him go if he has to go, but um, yeah, it, it it makes sense too. So I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, like with trading Lowry too. Like um, probably until this season, I wouldn't have thought that Fred Van Fleet was like ready to take over point guard duties yeah, full time for yeah, a club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now I certainly do. You know, like uh, you know, I don't think we'd miss a beat there with him. But mm-hmm. uh, I will say, watching the game tonight, if. Uh, if the Raptors do go the other way, you know, and try and upgrade for a playoff run, um, Javali McGee sure looked good, eh, as a rental. Yeah. I thought he would be a nice piece. He's going to be a good piece for somebody. He's going somewhere. but mm-hmm. uh, He does his job well. He does. Yeah, he, he knows what he's out there to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, he won the chip last year, right, with the Lakers, you know. But, uh, well, we'll get there when we get there. Um, you hope... That they're buyers, you never want to see your team sell. But like we said, if they are going to sell, 
get some guys that are worth it. Let's get some depth that can help us, you know, for next season. Hopefully Kyle Lowry, if it is him who gets traded, would just come right back. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're ready for the 2022 push. Let's make it work, see what happens. Um, now, speaking of, you know, uh, some of the older fellows, LeBron, big injury in the NBA, <laughs> out with a high ankle sprain. And at the same, you know, less than a day later, two days later, uh, LaMelo, Breaking his wrist, he's out. So the leading vote-getters, essentially, for Rookie of the Year and MVP, both out for maybe the rest of the season. I think LaMelo would be the rest of the season. It depends on James, how severe the... the But it's high ankle sprains are always the ones you hate to hear. No one wants to hear high when they hear ankle sprain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's your odds-on favorite, if no LeBron, for MVP? Kieran, what do you think? Um... I was well. I was looking at the odds, and it looks like Jokic. But I'm thinking um, my pick would be uh, probably Embiid. Just you know, still the team in the East. Um, he's just been you know putting up monster numbers and things like that. And uh, yeah, they're they're rising up to the top of the East. And uh, it would probably be Embiid for me. All right, fair enough, Ben. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'd love to see a center win it. Um, I think Shaq was probably the last one, right? Um, I'd say, uh, yeah, I saw the odds as well. I'd say, like, if Denver was playing better, like if they were first or second in the West, I'd probably uh, probably have to go with Jokic. But mm-hmm. um, I don't like saying it, but I'd probably go with James Harden for MVP, I think. Oh. Um, even though I hate, you know, everybody hates what happened at the start of the year and kind of what went on there, but... Since he came in there, he's just been putting up crazy numbers, and he's kind of switched into the point guard role. And even without Kevin Durant, they've been uh, by far the best team in the league, right, for six weeks. So um, I think he'd be my favorite if this keeps going. All right, there you go. Uh, now, same question, just rookie of the year. Ben, do you have an idea of somebody coming up other than the mellow that you like? Well, I know who I'm rooting for. I got uh, Tyrese Halliburton on my fantasy team, took him in the last <laughs> round. Um, and he's been looking really, really nice for Sacramento. He's kind of slowed down a bit. Um, he had a minor injury himself. Uh, slowed down a bit since he came back. But he's got. Uh, they just put him in the starting lineup um, after Marvin Bagley went down. So they're giving that uh, two-guard look with him and De'Aaron Fox, and uh, he's been great. He's hitting like 45% of his threes, um, so he's good on the ball, off the ball. But, yeah, Tyrese, Rookie of the Year. Too bad about LaMelo, though. I was really enjoying uh, some of his highlights this year, that's for sure. Yeah, whether you love or hate the politics surrounding LaMelo, you have to admit that that kid was playing on a different level. Uh, When you watched him, he just looked like he knew a little bit more about the game than everybody else that was playing. Yeah, like he had a That's secret right. that At 19, only he knew. Yeah, yeah. no, and he was actually. You, I was yeah. He I actually like pay attention to Charlotte games or watch turn them on here and there when I never would. But um, yeah, for the Ball brothers, I'm glad like you know the dad stayed out of this guy and didn't sort of you know blacklist <laughs> him right out the gate because yeah, it's <laughs> you know I, I'm happy to not have that bias going in and you know dismissing him because it's been yeah he's he's pretty fun to watch. That's so, true. Eh? Lavar seemed to learn uh, learn his lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. I think so. All right. Of course, uh, the uh, Lonzo might be on the move here in a couple of days, but we'll see. How's Anthony yeah, Edwards as, as far as like the rookie race? Is he in Ooh. the contention? Um, 
Edwards Day. The dude who dunked over. Um, our well, did you see him this week? He put up back to back forty point games, well, that's what which I'm saying. Like, I believe seen, only Jordan did. I've been seeing his name a lot since then, and I just didn't know. Like I haven't looked into his like yeah. how he's been doing all year, but. He stepped it up recently. He has issues like all rookies do, you know, finding a stroke sometimes. It'll be kind of inefficient and all that. But, yeah, no, when he turns it up, that he's playing well. Uh, yeah, since Malik Beasley has been out, he's been getting a little bit more uh, more usage. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And the new coach to, uh, certainly seemed to make a difference. Yeah, they definitely really seem to like Well, obviously, they like him a lot. But uh, they are uh, they want to get him involved as soon as they can, I guess, you know. Yeah. But team has kind of like... You know, a lot of other teams that are at the lower end of the league, you might got to see what you got in your young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now's the chance or now's the time, right? Yep. Yeah, All and right. unfortunately for them, that first rounder of theirs is going to Golden State, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just kind of what happens when you start doing stuff like that. You start trading picks, you never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, back to the Raptors here. Uh, the upcoming schedule, It, like you said, Houston tomorrow. Which, um, you know, in Houston, so we've got to travel a little bit, but that's a game that should be winnable. Then it gets a little bit tougher for them coming up. Uh, I know that their next bunch of games after that are all in uh, tr- or Toronto, all in Tampa, but uh, you have Denver, which we were just talking about with Joker, and a guy like that playing against the way the defense is playing for the Raptors, you got mm-hmm. to expect that he's going to give problem. us some trouble. Yeah. Um, then after that, oh, then Phoenix comes Phoenix, to town. Yeah. So oh, <laughs> is there uh, anything specific here and you think that the Raptors need to tighten up for these games, like with the style of play that are coming up again soon? I think um, push, push rebounds. That's, you know, like it's always been our thing. Always, always, always rebounding and um, rebounding, aggressive play bringing it to people, getting, you know, maybe getting the big guys into some foul trouble right out, you know, at the gate. Um, but, yeah, not not solely relying on the threes if they're not falling. And, uh, yeah, play big. You know, I know we're a small team, but we got to find a way to, to get those rebounds. So um, if we don't do that, I don't see how we can, you know, maybe with the Rockets we stand a chance, but, like, with, no, it's just not going to happen with, uh, with, you know, Western Conference, you know, contenders. So... Yeah, Denver, Phoenix, and then after that it's Portland, and we all know what Dame can do at any mm-hmm. given day, right? Yeah. And then you got guys like you know Rocco, Robert Covington coming in. That's a big man underneath the net. He'll just take everything away from you all day long if you don't uh, you know get in there. No ben, is there chances. anything uh, yeah. coming up that you think that the Raptors need to kind of address going to go up against these caliber of teams? Well, I mean, we have kind of seen them play up to their opponents and down to their opponents, right? Like, they came out hooping against Utah the other night out of nowhere and almost won that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, so, uh, I'd like to see them, you know, a little more consistent. Um, What did I see today? It's been almost a full calendar month since their last win, uh, which was February 26th, ironically, against Houston. So, yeah. it's like uh, Kieran said, you can definitely see the frustration setting in. And, um, yeah, I mean, they need a, they definitely need a win uh, to start feeling good about themselves and, you know, to keep Kieran from trading the whole team. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is, yeah, get a win under the belt. And, like, you know, luckily we're playing Houston is our best chance to do it. And if we don't do it there, then it's 
it's a scary thing to think about how big our street could go. So let's, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That is definitely the apple of the schedule coming up because mm-hmm. the next three games, like we just said, you know, you don't have another t- uh, game against a sub 500 team until Detroit. And they've handled us a couple times. Yeah, lately, exactly. So. That means nothing right now. So, yeah. yeah. You know, you want to, you definitely want to come out. You want to come out swinging against Houston. Uh, maybe, you know, they might enjoy playing with the lead for a little bit as opposed to chasing. Yeah. That's so, get a fun, fun idea. Give that a yeah. shot. I think the last lead was uh, the Hawks game there, and then we all know how that finished. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Toronto Raptors coming up, four big games, you know, and the trade uh, deadline right in the middle of all that. So there's going to be lots of Raptors to talk about. Yeah. Um, before we go, we just have uh, something you know we want to talk about here. Unfortunately. We uh, lost one of our friends over the weekend here at, uh, you know, Toronto Raptors basketball today. Our good friend, Boston Busker, um, we, uh, we miss you and, uh, you know, gone too soon. And, uh, you know, on that subject, we just want to make sure that uh, if you're out there and you are having issues with mental health, there are people that are here for you. There's always someone that you can talk to. And if you don't feel like you can talk to anybody within your social group, please reach out to one of the many organizations that are out there, the suicide prevention hotline, or, you know, just uh, a healthcare professional of any kind. And, uh, you know, on that note, all we got to say, we miss you very much. And, uh, yes, sir. And we're going to, uh, we're going to keep on doing this show, you know, keep on putting out announcements like this and hopefully, uh, you know, somebody else get to bed second chance. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys, today for joining me. Uh, you know, as always, it is Ben Harrison. Yes, sir. And well said, Brendan. Thank you. And Kieran Smythe. Take care. You can follow us again at Hoopball Raptors. You can follow Kieran at K underscore Dilla and Ben at Benny and the Raps and myself at Brendan Hodgins for all of your basketball needs. Boston, we love you. Thank you very much. And have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.